Hey friend, before we get to the episode, I have a free gift for you today. Do you want to start a podcast, but maybe you feel like it's probably too expensive, it's too confusing, and too time-consuming? Well, you need my podcast equipment guide. It's the five things I could not record my podcast without, and they all cost less than $100. I'll talk to you with direct links of what to buy about the physical podcast equipment, podcasting softwares, hosting, and more, all in this free guide. It's everything you need to feel ready to start a podcast today. So go get it at elizabethmccravey.com slash record. Now, here's the episode. Hey guys, I'm Elizabeth McCravey, a website designer and business coach for entrepreneurs and your host for the Breakthrough Brand Podcast, the show that's all about pulling back the curtain on how to actually build a successful business. I don't skim the surface around here. If you want a deep dive into the nitty gritty details of what it takes to run a successful business and stand out in a crowd, you're in the right place. After creating a multiple six-figure-a-year website design business in my 20s, I'm ready to share everything I've learned and everything I'm still learning because I believe the keys to building a thriving business should never be a secret. Here you'll find episodes that are actionable, direct, and fun, like friends chatting business over coffee and a fresh, honest take on the reality of being an entrepreneur. If you're ready to master online marketing, branding, website design, mindset, and business strategy, then this is the podcast for you. It's time to build your breakthrough brand. Let's do this. Sales calls, discovery calls, consultations, whatever you want to call them, you may love them, you may hate them, but we all know they're super important. So what happens on this call literally can determine whether a potential client works with you and commits to being your client or them ghosting you or just simply going with someone else. And for me, I used to hate sales calls. I had a few bad experiences with them early on in my business, including one like honestly kind of traumatic experience where the potential client badgered me about how young I was and like credentials and things like that. It was not fun. For a while, I would leave these calls, even the ones I did book the client on, often feeling frazzled and vulnerable and like not sure I was confident enough, not like I really got the information I wanted from the call. And again, even when I did book the client. So after about five years now of consistently doing these calls, even more years if you count those freelancer days when I was so frazzled, but I've learned some things that help with sales call confidence and helps you really nail the call and book the client. So I want to share some of those things with you today, four things in particular, and honestly, a lot of little bonus tips throughout. So let's dive in. So as I'm recording this, I was like, I want to share a little bit about what's going on with me right now before I get in to these tips to give you guys a little life update. As I'm recording this, I am 30 weeks pregnant, which is insane to me. It feels like when I think about pregnancy, first trimester felt so slow because you have a secret you're not sharing with people. And then like second trimester flew by and now I feel like third trimester might fly by. Maybe it'll feel like it slows down. But I just can't believe we're in like two-ish months range now until my due date. And so many things happening that we just launched new website templates, which I'm so excited about. And that was a huge goal for me this year to get out some new awesome templates for you guys. And then now we have the booked out designer program coming soon, both like two big before maternity leave things. 
And I'm just hoping that I have enough energy to keep going here because I can already tell you the third trimester really does feel different energy wise than the second trimester. I felt more emotional, had more like back pain. I think I have sciatica right now in my leg. I'm going to the chiropractor this afternoon, hoping to like get that figured out. But yeah, it's been really interesting. And we are just so excited to welcome our baby boy in August. So anyway, there's a little bit of what's going on with me. And now let me get into this topic, though. So as you know, first of all, before I get into these tips, I'm a brand and website designer. So I'm going to be approaching this discovery call advice as a designer, and through that lens for advice. So if you are a designer, like, hey, you're going to be right there with me in the kind of advice I'm sharing here. But if you do another type of service, like literally any type of business where you're working with clients, just know that these are tips for you as well. And you might just have to apply a little bit of what I'm saying to what you do in your business. And as an FYI, my program for designers, Booked Out Designer, is opening very, very soon. And I'm so excited. So July 12th is the date to be exact. And I want to invite you to join the waitlist to get some special info and also a special offer that will come during launch week for the waitlist people only. So go to elizabethmccravey.com slash BOD, that's short for booked out designer to join. And you can get some more info there. And yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to welcome new students into this program again. Okay, so let's get into these tips. So These are in no particular order. And these are not all my tips on um, discovery calls. It's kind of funny as I was thinking about, okay, what tips do I want to share in this episode? I've got four for you here, but I could have easily done like 30. I mean, so many. And I'll go ahead and spoil it, but there's an entire module on sales calls inside of the Booked Out Designer course. And I went ahead and counted before starting to record. And that module alone has 13 training videos, 13 videos where there's a screen with like a keynote and then me talking like I do right now for this podcast, teaching about discovery calls. And it's right at three and a half hours of training content on how to master discovery calls. So to say I have more advice on discovery calls is truly an understatement, but I do want to hit some of the high points here on tips that will help you nail your next discovery call right now, feel more confident, all of that good stuff. So my first big tip, do the call on Zoom not on the phone. So I may have already lost some of you as I say that because I know that like Zoom feels so much more intimidating, right? It feels like a lot more work. You might have to like get ready when for a phone call, you can just pace around that sort of thing. But let me explain, even though Zoom can feel more high pressure, it also feels more relational to get to see someone else's face. And it might give you a memorable edge over other calls this potential client might be having with your competitor who are like, hey, I'm only available for a 15 minute phone call with you. It's going to give you that competitive edge because that's something to always remember with sales calls is like, you are likely not the only person that this potential client's talking to. Most people, regardless of what the job they're needing help with is, they're going to interview quite a few people. So just know you're not the only person. So this is something that can kind of give you a competitive edge. And so for me, for about a year into my business, I was doing all the discovery calls on the phone. I was like, 20 minutes. They schedule it with me on my call scheduling software. I usually did not get ready, would just pace around my office. I'm such a huge pacer when I'm talking on the phone and stuff. But then I started working with a lot of international clients, particularly a lot in the UK, which is really interesting. I've worked with 
gosh, I don't even know how many one-on-one clients in the UK and even more template customers there. But we, like, I, as I started like doing a lot of discovery calls with people there, you can't just call them, right? We're in completely different parts of the world. And so it was like, okay, well, I can't give you a phone call. You can't give me a phone call. Zoom or Skype is what we're going to have to do. And so that's where Zoom came in. And those Zoom calls with these international clients were so effective that I turned that into being my default way to do discovery calls. Because working with a designer or any service business, like if you're working in someone else's business, right, as a service provider, it's so intimate. They're showing you aspects of their business that might feel vulnerable, like the problems they have that they're hoping you'll solve. And so I think them getting to see you face to face from the get go, not just like the first time you'll have a one on one meeting later once they've hired you is going to be really awesome. So that's why I recommend Zoom. And I also want to point out here real quick, I recommend Zoom over in person meetings. So if they're local to you, an in person meeting might sound cute and sweet in theory. But in reality, it's really interesting. I actually talk about this a lot in the course, but like a 30 minute discovery call, right? If we're like going to do it in person, that can easily become two hours of your day, 10-ish dollars on coffee and food, plus parking, plus driving time and gas. And it is just a lot of commitment. I know I've done quite a few discovery calls in person with local clients. And sometimes it felt worth it, which I'll kind of tell you how to know if it's worth it in a moment. But sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it really was like, I let the client control everything. They picked the coffee shop. It's on a completely different side of town from where I live. I have to pay for parking. I have to pay 30 minutes, not pay. I have to drive 30 minutes there, drive 30 minutes back, paying $5 for parking, pay $5 for a coffee. Oh, they ordered lunch. Okay, I need to order lunch too. And before you know it, it's a like one hour meeting with them plus driving time and it takes up like your whole day and then maybe they don't even book. Um, so again, in most of the time, I don't think it makes sense. But an exception would be if you're like, this is my dream client. I really want to work with this client and I know they're serious. So if you can like sense that, hey, like this person's super serious about working with me for whatever reason, those kind of like flags show up all the time in the communication prior to the call. That would be a reason. And if they really want to do in person to possibly do in person. Um, Another reason would be if you're meeting at their literal business. So for example, if they own a restaurant and you're meeting at that restaurant, that's different because it's like, wow, it's really cool. Like I'm getting to see this place that like you're wanting me to manage the social media for or you're wanting me to design the website for or whatever it is. But in general, make Zoom your default, not in person. And then if the potential client doesn't want to do Zoom, but wants a phone call only, that's okay too. Um, do a phone call. I like to like let clients pick sometimes, let potential clients pick, but then make sure they know that I think Zoom is the preferred method, but that they can totally choose a phone call if they want to. And you'd be shocked because even when given the option between the two, most people will pick Zoom, especially in today's age where like last year in 2020, we all got so used to using Zoom regardless of what industry we're in. So yeah, that's my first tip. Do Zoom for the calls. All right, strategy number two, review their business and basically internet stalk them before you get on the call. So you should never go into a discovery call thinking, well, I'll see who this guy or gal is once we get on the call. And then they tell me about themselves and their business. And then I'll like learn what I need to know about them. That is like going into a call completely blind and that's not what you want to do. So you want to research prior. You want to take notes. If they already have an existing business with a website and social media and like an online presence in general, look it all over. 
follow them on Instagram, maybe watch their stories from that day so you could like comment on something they shared. And for you designers listening, you really want to stalk their existing website to get a scope for how much work it will be if you take on this project. So particularly for website designers there, but you want to look, I have a whole list in the course, but you want to look at things like what software they're on now, how many blog posts do they have? Like thinking, like, let's say they're on Squarespace and you're transferring them to show it. If they have 500 blog posts that you're going to have to transfer, that's a completely different situation than setting up a blog from scratch. If they have a lot of like, you're moving them from WordPress to Squarespace, do they have a lot of crazy custom WordPress plugins that are making their whole site work that you need to know about? How many pages do they have on their website? Do you think they'll need to do brand photography? Like, are you going to want to suggest that or does what it look like they have so far feel good to go? I also, as designers, recommend checking out their sitemap so that you can see all the hidden pages that aren't linked from their main navigation. And again, to get, really get a feel for like what's happening on this website. So outside of the website, though, you can try to learn about them and what they're working on from their social media. You can Google their name and see like, are they featured anywhere? Any articles that come up, search them on Facebook and maybe even look at their personal page if that makes more sense. If this is like truly a newer business where the person doesn't have an online presence yet. But I want to encourage you to come to the call with a list of questions that you want to ask them in order to give them an accurate quote. So I have a whole system I teach in Booked Out Designer for how to display pricing on your website. And it might be different than what you're thinking. I really, really love this system. It's what I've done and what I found works. And then I have a system after that for how to give an exact quote to an individual client. So head of the course for that info, I thought about getting into some of that on the podcast today, but I think it's just too much to get into on this episode. But I will say, I recommend quoting the potential client on the call, if at all possible. And in Designer, I teach you how to literally say the quote, like the best way to do that. I'm not about sales scripts and stuff, so you're not going to find me in the course being like, here's exactly what you have to say, start to finish on a discovery call, because every call is so different, and I don't think that actually works, but I do teach you a lot of strategies to navigate when the situation changes and when like each client is so different. But I do teach you how to like quote the client on the call. But if you haven't researched them prior to the call and figured out what questions you still have about their business, then you're going to struggle to give them a quote if you don't know anything about them, right? You'll end up feeling like you need more time before you can say a number, which then is going to delay their decision making. You're not going to have an opportunity to like talk money on the call, which again, maybe you don't want to talk money because maybe that sounds scary, but it It truly doesn't have to be if you feel confident in your prices and you know what you're doing. So anyway, I guess that's really two tips in this one. But the first part is stalk them before the call. So you go and feel prepared, have a list of questions, have a list of things you want to make sure they know about your services, things you want to know about them, all of that. And then the second part two of this would be to quote them on the call. Do not leave the quote for an email they're going to get hours or days later. Do it right then. You still want to send them a quote in an email too, in addition to that, like send them a proposal, but like you want to also say the quote on the call. All right. So tip number three, give them a win or multiple wins on the call. 
So remember, you know about the thing they're hiring for, like the thing they're looking for someone for. They don't. That's why they're considering hiring you. So for example, if you're a designer and they're hiring you to redo their brand and logo, they don't know how to do branding. They might not even know much about like color and typography and all these cool things you know. That's why they need you. Maybe you're a photographer and they're hiring you for their wedding. They obviously can't photograph themselves, but they also, unless they're a photographer too, they probably don't know much about photography, right? Like they don't know about lighting and what to wear and angles and things like that. Same as a virtual assistant, like you have some sort of skill that this potential client needs. So the point is, this is always true that you know more than they do and that's why they need you. So one thing you can do to set yourself apart from competitors is to give a win on the call, meaning a piece of advice, answering a tough question, something like that. And it accomplishes a few things. First, it shows them that you're an expert at this field because you taught them something. You just got to like, it's almost like you got to show off for a little bit, but in a way that helps them. And then the second thing is when they get value from the consultation with you, they'll feel even more certain of the value they'll get from actually paying to work with you. If they leave this call being like, wow, I got value from that. I learned something I didn't. I have something to implement that I didn't before. So as an example of this, let's say you're an SEO strategist. Perhaps in your research before the call, like we talked about tip number two, you ran some analytics on their website. And on the call, you guys are on Zoom, like in tip number one, really connecting all three of these, right? And you're screen sharing with them. That's another pro of Zoom I forgot to mention. I love that you can screen share. Okay, back to what I was going to say, though. So you screen share with them and you show them the analytics on their site that you ran just real quick in your SEO software. And you show them that the keyword they likely want to be ranking for, they actually probably can't rank for with anything they're doing right now because they're cannibalizing themselves with all of their blog posts having the same focus keyword. So all these blog posts they're working on are all competing with each other and none of them rank. And so you tell them that and then you tell them, yeah, like, hey, this is something we could fix real quick. My team and I will take care of it. But that simple change alone would likely bring you up to the first page on Google within a month they're going to be amazed, right? I mean, also just as a side note, I think keyword cannibalization, such a like, that's a mouth, a tongue twister. That's such an interesting topic. Be sure to read about it at some point if you're curious and like interested in SEO stuff. But that's a great example of something you could end up sharing with someone. And so then on the call with your competitor, like who this person's also interviewing, right? When they don't mention any of that, this potential client's going to wonder, well, does this like competitor, do they know about that keyword thing that this other SEO person told me about, like, maybe they don't like maybe that's something that like, I'm only going to get if I work with this other person I talked to, which is you, right? So you have given them a win, you've given them some insider info. And then you've also shown them that you know what you're doing, which is just absolutely huge and is really going to give you again, a competitive edge to nail that discovery call. So that's tip number three. And now tip number four really ties into that one. And that tip is that you have to lead on the call. So thinking about what I just shared in tip number three, you might be worried that that can go too far, right? Like you giving a tip can just like take things to crazy town where you're suddenly giving them like free coaching of sorts. And it absolutely can. So I've heard of people, literally students in my course who like 
you know, I made this discovery call module based on like the questions they had, but sharing that they were getting on a discovery call that was say supposed to be like 20 minutes. And then it takes an hour because they can't get off the phone with the person. And that person is treating it like a free pick your brain session. Like, Hey, I got this expert on the phone. Um, I'm thinking about hiring them, but I have approximately 12 million questions. And so I'm going to ask all of them, even though I know I'm going into this, and it's 20 minutes, they don't really care. And then they don't even book you, but you've spent like two hours total between the prep and the emailing and the call itself on this person. And that feels horrible, right? That's a time waster in your business. It just doesn't feel good. Like you feel defeated after you've been been through that. And that has happened to me one time in particular. And since then, I was like, not letting that happen again. But I know for some of my booked out designer students, um, when I was again, like asking them questions to develop this discovery call module, some of them shared that happening to them. And so we were looking at like, okay, like how could that be fixed? And I teach in the discovery call module how to avoid that situation completely. There are so many different things you can do to avoid it. But one I want to share right now is that tip I just said, you have to lead on the call. And that is going to help you avoid the potential client taking over the meeting. And it really relates to how you start the call itself so that you're showing up to the call as the leader of the meeting, not them. So if they're leading, or if they feel like you want them to lead, they might feel like they're supposed to ask you questions, which can turn into a pick my brain session. So like, if you're starting the discovery call with like, hey, nice to meet you a little bit of small talk. Um, So what questions do you have about working with me? then of course, they're going to feel like they're in charge. And they're going to feel like, yeah, like, okay, I I was supposed to come with some questions. I have a list. Let me just keep asking you questions. So that's my final tip to lead the meeting. You call the shots, you control the flow, which shockingly, a funny thing that happens when you do this, it actually means that the potential client probably talks more than you do. Which if they're leading the call, it probably means you're talking more because they're the ones like asking questions, right? And you're like giving them help and coaching. But I I teach this again, I keep saying this, I'm sorry, I keep saying this. I teach this in the course in detail, but I like to look at it that the first part of the call, they talk the most and you are leading by asking specific questions to get them talking and sharing specific information, all kinds of stuff. And then the second half of the call, you're talking more as you answer their questions and as you lay out your pricing, what the package is, what start dates are and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it starts with them talking more and it's then it ends with you talking more. But regardless, you just want to lead the meeting. I mean, in, in, in reality, that's probably like the biggest tip because that completely changes the dynamic of the entire call. And again, it starts with how you're starting the meeting by you being the one asking the questions, you being the one saying what's next, you being here's what we're going to start with um, and kind of controlling the flow and giving them the confidence that you're an expert and you know what you're doing. And you're here to like, not only guide them in this project once they hire you, but also to guide them through this 20 or 30 minute or however long phone call or video call on Zoom. So that is it, my friends. I hope these tips help you feel more confident on your next sales call. Again, I just want to just a reminder to you, if you scale sales calls, discovery calls, whatever you want to call them, I've called them a million different top, really different titles throughout this episode, but these do not have to be scary and more practice will help you get better and better at them. Seriously, I think like just more more times doing it, more reps is going to get you so much better at it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if this is helpful to you, if you're like, oh my gosh, these tips were great, I need you to go into that in more detail, 
then you want to check out Booked Out Designer. Like I said, there are 13 trainings on this, um, and I just hit some high points that I talk about in the course. But there are 13 trainings, about three and a half hours of content just on Discovery Calls itself. So you want to check out Booked Out Designer. And if you're listening to this live, then doors open again really soon on July 12th of 2021. If you're listening to this way into the future, doors will opening, be opening again at some point. So still, still do what I'm about to say next. But you want to be on the wait list for it. So you're going to find some info and links and all that at the show notes. But you can go to elizabethmccravey.com slash B-O-D short for booked out designer to get more info. And again, if you're listening to this way into the future, maybe the course is open right now. Maybe it's not. Uh, Maybe you can get on the wait list. But regardless, that page is going to be like the info source for you to figure out when it's opening again, or if it's time to join right now. So okay, I hope that was helpful. If you know a friend who you're like, Oh my gosh, they need this discovery call tip, please share this episode with them. Um, Share it on Instagram, whatever um, helps get the word out about the podcast. Okay, I'll be back next week with another episode. Bye you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today and for staying until the end. I appreciate you being here. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I want to invite you to check out my online course and coaching program for designers booked out designer. In this program, I teach you how to build a successful in demand booked out business as a designer. You'll learn everything from the exact experience I take my clients through to things like figuring out your niche, mastering discovery calls, pricing your services for profit, creating contracts that will not call you legal troubles and my exact social media strategies to book clients. You even get to watch recordings of me in actual meetings with my actual clients so you can really learn through what you're seeing. We take things you're learning on this podcast and so many topics I never even cover on the show and deep dive into them. So in addition to the amazing course, the course is nine modules of teaching with over 90 lessons. You get group coaching calls with me and access to an exclusive Facebook community of designers just like you. And fun fact, this isn't one of those kind of Facebook groups where the founder never comments on posts, or you never see them in there, you'll find me there all the time ready to help you out with any business question you have. So to get info on the course and to see when the doors will be opening again, head to elizabethmccravey.com slash BOD short for booked out designer. I hope to be able to coach you and teach you inside of the course soon. And don't forget that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. And a great way to support the show is to leave a rating and review, share it with a friend, share it on social media. All of that will help get the word out. All right, I'll see you again next week.